Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Expert Edge. Uh, I think that we're in fascinating times. Obviously, this is, we're still in COVID. And one of the challenges with COVID is that uh, the level of connection that you have with people in the street, with people, colleagues, with business friendships, all that sort of stuff can be challenged. And I think from a perspective of just meeting people, being out there, like having conversations with people, uh, it can create distance. And so I wanted to share, I wanted to be a helpful part of this season for you. And so today's session, today's episode is all about three strategies to get people to like you more. And I think the, you're going to find them really practical. I've tried to make them really practical. For me, probably my favorite one at the moment is the third strategy. And so I'm going to take you through three strategies, but make sure you hang in there till the third one because that is like, I know for me, like super practical, really useful. All of the strategies that I share are incredibly powerful and I use them all. And since being aware of them, they have dramatically improved my ability to connect with people, to speed up rapport, to speed up connection and trust with people and just really build some great friendships, some great business colleagues, etc. And so I want to warn you, the strategy, strategies I'm going to share with you, you have to use them with integrity because I tell you what, these strategies put in the wrong person, put in the hands of the wrong person can be dangerous. And what I mean by that is they work. And so uh, get ready for the three strategies to get people to like you more. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So one of the most important uh, parts about building a brand, building relationships, just doing life successfully is knowing how to get people to like you. Now, when I say that, there's definitely probably a part in you and I know there's a part in me that goes off and it's like, oh, you know, like I don't want to be a people pleaser. I don't want to be someone who's just out to get people to like me. And I want you to understand what this session, uh, this podcast episode is really intentionally about. What I want to do for you is I want to, I want to equip you with uh, some really practical skills that you can utilize on a daily basis to instantly, very quickly build rapport with people who may end up being business colleagues, friends, associates, all that sort of stuff. In fact, I'm going to share with you three tips, three ideas that I think can dramatically improve how quickly you build relationship and connection, rapport with someone, whether it be at on the street, you know, at your local Ralph's or Vons or whatever it is, like just meeting strangers. Uh, another one is, you know, whether it be at a, at a friend's house, at a party, or even people that you know, uh, or people that you're getting introduced to, maybe at a cafe and things like that. All of that sort of stuff like this, the strategies I'm going to share with you, you can utilize right away. And like I said, this is not about coming in with the, with the intention of, hey, I want 
people to like me so that I'm valuable or so that I'm important. Look, you are valuable, you are important, full stop. This is not about people pleasing. What this is about is knowing from a conscious perspective how to play the game properly. It's kind of like, imagine if you played chess and someone actually knew how to play the game and you didn't know how to play the game. And maybe you continually put yourself in a bad spot because you didn't know the structures, the processes, the strategies behind chess. And so, and you were playing someone who actually did know the strategies. And it wasn't that they were, you know, a better person or a worse person. It's just that they just knew the strategies. And it's the same with life. It's the same with getting to know people. It's the same with building connections and relationships. Uh, I know that your intention is good. I know that, you know, you know what you want to do with your life, with your business uh, is significant. And this is putting intention aside and going, hey, what are some actual strategies that work so that you can build better relationships? I know for me, uh, building relationships and some of the strategies that I'm going to share with you, uh, you know, I have learned consciously, whether it be through my coaching certifications, I studied to be a life coach about 12 years ago. A lot of the stuff is behavioral science, uh, like behavioral mechanics and behavioral psychology. Uh, and also, you know, I know for me, I've just been fascinated with relationship and how relationships work and how to build them quickly. And if you're wanting to really, you know, build relationships with influencers, with people of influence, uh, or just even just make more friends, or this sort of stuff is going to be super helpful. So uh, let's have a look at some of the concepts that are the foundation for getting people to like you, <laughs> for use of a better phrase. Uh, the first one is this, is that all of this is, you know, creates what they call rapport. Now, rapport is defined as a state of responsiveness and trust. So in other words, I know for me, if I'm doing a consulting session uh, or, a, or having a conversation with someone at a party, uh, there's a sense of warmth that occurs when you're in rapport. So in other words, it's almost like you feel like the conversation is easy. It's like, it's like a good game of table tennis. You know, you're like hitting the ball back and forth, back and forth. It's a good game and it's like you're in this, in this flow. I love table tennis, by the way, if you don't know. <laughs> you're in this like flow of conversation. Things are easy. There's a sense of warmth. There's responsiveness. There's trust. And so what we know from coaching psychology is that when someone has resistance in terms of the conversation, or if you ask a question where you're getting resistance, it's because you don't have enough rapport with that person. So in other words, you need to actually build more rapport with the person to be able to ask that level of question that is pushing them to go to a place where they don't feel comfortable yet to go to. And so great coaches, great consultants, great speakers are able to build rapport with an audience or with an individual very quickly so that they can get a better sense of responsiveness and trust from the other person, which makes the relationship work better. The fabric and foundation of the conversation just seems to flow and have a sense of ease and effervescence with it. And so at the core of it, this is about creating rapport, okay? So in terms of building influence and connection, uh, there's kind of like a spectrum. And when we look at it from a behavioral perspective, there is what, you know, what I'm calling the um, the stranger spectrum. So this, the, str the stranger spectrum is essentially going, everyone starts off as a stranger, right? So let's say that's in the middle. 
And on the right-hand side, you can become a good friend. You can become a connection point, a relationship that's trusted. On the left-hand side, you become a foe, an enemy, or someone that's not trusted. Yeah. And so when you're walking around and seeing people up at the local shops and so forth, everyone is essentially a stranger. Now, there's going to be certain things that they do that will unconsciously and consciously trigger you to go, ooh, they're a foe or they're a friend. It could be as simple as what they're wearing. Maybe they've got the same jeans that you have got on or maybe this you know, same colored shirt or maybe they've got the same sort of brand and style as you. And there's something about how they wear their clothes that resembles how you wear your clothes or how you want to wear your clothes. And all of a sudden they move up to the right on the stranger spectrum into starting to become a friend, someone that you might like. Does that make sense? And so from a subconscious level, they might catch your eye. In other words, you find them attractive because they're like you and or you want to be like them. And, and now this is completely subjective, right? Because there might be someone who likes one style and, and someone who likes another style. So, so, like someone might see brands and all this sort of stuff and someone wearing brand images or brand clothing and you might think, oh my gosh, like there's such a show off. And then there might be another person who doesn't think they're a show off and they're like, oh my gosh, I love that brand. Like I'd love to be able to have that, right? And so there's going to be different responses depending on on what you're wearing, all that sort of stuff. But what I'm saying is that there are triggers that go off in us consciously and, and unconsciously that create, that move us on this stranger spectrum. And so it could even be like, maybe you're walking down, you know, down the road or down a dark alley and you see, you know, it might be like a homeless person sitting in the corner. Now, that you might have an automatic threat response if they get up or start moving towards you because there's an unconscious like built into us need to protect ourselves right and so all of this is 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 in our neurology it's in our psychology built around protecting ourselves so we've got this stranger spectrum and so the question is how do we consciously move up the stranger spectrum into the friendship space and move away from the foe and enemy or danger space. I trust that makes sense, right? So I'm going to give you three tips, three things that you can do. So the first tip is this, uh, is you can use, uh, rather than trying to make friends, you should look out for friends. Now, what I mean by that is, uh, this principle is essentially built around this idea that if you're trying to make friends with people, uh, you kind of come off a bit desperate, right? And what's fascinating, what I've noticed is that when you're desperate for something, you actually repel the very thing that you want. I've seen this happen so often in relationships. Like maybe I'm talking with someone who isn't in a relationship and they want to be in a relationship. And they're like, you know, you know, like they're very desperate and you can just, you know, in the conversation with you, like it's just, there's this like desperation about being in a relationship. And as soon as they stop being desperate and they go, you know what, I'm happy with who I am. I, I'm just working on my own happiness. And then all of a sudden they're in a relationship and they're not even looking for it. That's because a lot of the time, if you're trying to make something, you actually repel it. So the principle is this is rather than trying to make friends, 
look out for a friend. And so one of the, like from a really simple practical perspective, you could be like walking around, you know, as a stranger in a group of people, little things like maybe it's you hold the door for them. And I'm not going into chauvinism or that sort of stuff. Like literally it's just the act of like, whether you're a girl holding the door for a guy or a guy holding the door for a girl, like those little things, that is a friend, that is a friendship moment of moving you up the friend spectrum. It could be little things like a short little bit of eye contact and then you look away uh, or a short, a small little smile or it could be um, stopping and letting the person go through or it could be uh, asking them, are you okay with that? Do you need some help? You know, like small little things where it's like, get the, this is the principle is you're looking out for their best interests. Now let's transfer that to a friend. Maybe it's, maybe they're going through a tough time and you you just text them and say hey i'm just i'm thinking of you today or hope you're doing well today or you know like you're actually looking out for them rather than trying to make make a friend you're actually looking out for a friend does that make sense so the principle is essentially going rather than trying to connect with them you look out for them and in looking out for them it actually triggers uh, subconsciously in us, the, that that principle of reciprocity. And reciprocity is, hey, you've done something for me, so I feel this desire to do something for you. Now, I think at the core of that, that's, you know, not necessarily, you know, if you take it to the extreme, you know, you can use it for manipulation. But if you use it from the sense of more going, hey, I genuinely want to help you, I want to contribute, and you actually don't even ask for the reciprocity back, like you're not expecting the reciprocity back, you will get that reciprocity back. It will just flow back to you. And so it's kind of that give and take. You're looking out for a friend rather than trying to make a friend. So the first first principle is look out for others. Don't try to make friendships with others. <laughs> Does that make sense? If that, yeah. Now, another one, I want to get like super practical. Another one is this whole concept of being like them. Now, we find that we're fr- we like people who are like us. So the foundation of friendship, a lot of the time is that they have similar beliefs they have similar values. They might even talk similar. They might wear similar clothes. They might be interested in similar, uh, you know, concepts, events, ideas, political ideologies, all that sort of stuff. And so the more you are like someone, the more they will like you. Is that making sense? And so from a really, you know, tactical, practical perspective, it, it comes back to this idea of, they, they call it matching and mirroring. Matching and mirroring is essentially is you meet someone if you look like them physically. So for I'll give you an example. Maybe I go in and I'm starting a conversation with someone and they've got their arms folded. And instead of, you know, seeing that as like, oh, they've got their arm folders folded there, they you know, they're not responsive. No, I just fold my arms and I look exactly like them. And you should try this if you haven't. Is so someone's got their arms folded, you come in, you fold your arms. So you look exactly like them. It's like they're looking into a mirror. Now you talk for maybe, you know, a couple of minutes. You've both still got your arms folded. And then you unfold your arms. As soon as you unfold your arms, if you're in rapport, they will unfold their arms unconsciously. 
And that's a really great indicator and sign that you're in rapport, you're in a state of trust and responsiveness with the other person. And so that this this principle is you you just you be like them. So what are some things that you can match a mirror? There are so many things. If someone talks fast, you should talk fast. If someone uh, has their arms crossed, cross your arms. If someone has their legs crossed, cross your legs. If someone has a certain type of energy, maybe they they've got like a you know like a more buoyant hyper energy, you want to lift your energy. Like if you come in and you're really flattened down and you don't lift your energy, you're going to break rapport with them because they're going to unconsciously go, you know what, this person isn't like me, so I don't like them. They, they won't say it like that, but that's essentially you're moving towards the faux side of the spectrum as as, as opposed to moving towards the the friend side of the spectrum. So matching and mirroring is essentially being like them. And so rather than taking a meaning of if someone looks closed off, don't think they're closed off. Just literally you mirror and match, be exactly like them physically. And then after a while, if you change and, and, and if you change and they change after you, it means you're in rapport, you're in responsiveness. Okay, so the second principle is be like them. Now, the third tip is this one's probably like one of the most practical ones of all. And that is what we call the likability trio. Uh, I'm calling it the likability trio. Now, the likability trio is some very small uh, facial behavioral gestures that you can do when you see a stranger that uh, have been proven by science to be indicators of being a friend. So in other words, it moves you very quickly up the friends, up towards the the friend side of the spectrum. So here they are. They're really simple, right? But they're probably overlooked and underutilized. And you might do them unconsciously, but I think it's really important to be aware of them. And what's cool about this is you'll notice all of this stuff happening, even you know up at your local, you know Ralph's or you know Whole Foods or whatever. People walking around, you'll notice this happening now. I am recording this right in the middle of COVID. So, uh, you know, depending on what state you're in, depending on what country you're in, and depending on what situation or context you're in, whether you're inside or outside, this is going to be very applicable or not as applicable. But I still think it's all applicable because you can use nuances of it even if you're wearing a mask, right? Okay, so this is, this is the trio. The first thing is the raising of the eyebrows. So the raising of the eyebrows is literally very short. It's like a flick of your eyebrows. Maybe even do it now if you're listening right now. Just like flick your eyebrows up. It's not holding your eyebrows up because that actually moves you towards the faux side of the spectrum. It's the flick of the eyebrows. It's kind of like a, hey, mate. It's like a, hey, hey, how you doing? What's up? You, if you know, Like that's the energy. It's like a flick of the eyebrows very quickly. Now with the flick of the eyebrows, if you combine it with a genuine smile, so a genuine smile where you get the crow's feet in the edges of the eyes, so like the crow's feet in the edges, of the, like a genuine smile. If you don't do a genuine smile, you actually go down towards the faux side of the spectrum. Did you know that? Like if you do a fake smile, it actually moves you towards the faux side as a towards the friend side, even though you're doing a smile. So you have to really make it a genuine smile where you get the crow's eyes 
in the sides of your eyes. Now, hopefully, you know, and I say this with love, if you get too much Botox in the side of your eyes, you're not going to be able to do the crow's feet, (laughs) right? And so if you have some Botox, you know, I'm not against Botox and Botox is all good. Uh, But if you get it in the side of your eyes and it stops the crinkles of the side of your eyes, it's actually going to stop you sending that friendship signal. So get it in some other areas, that's fine. But if you're blocking those crows, things happening on the side of your eyes, it's uh, it's actually going to stop a connection happening in your friendships. It's fascinating, right? And this is all unconscious. This is what the research is, is showing. The second thing is, uh, and I live in Newport Beach, which is basically like the capital of Botox. <laughs> so, so I'm saying that and maybe my listeners are going to be like, oh, that's me. So, but if you do, hey, I still love you. Uh, there's no, I don't have any issues with Botox if you want to get it. Uh, I'm just saying, just be conscious that if, you, if you're blocking some of the signals with your face, it's actually going to send a faux signal, even though you're wanting to send a friend signal. Fascinating. The next thing is, uh, so I said, yeah, the genuine smile. Uh, It's really nice to look into someone's eyes, but only for like a second. If you hold eye contact too long, things get weird. And then people are going to like want to move back from you, right? And it's going to move you towards the faux side. So it's like really quick, one second. Like literally you look into someone's eyes, genuine smile. You might flick your eyebrows up, genuine, like flick your eyebrows up, genuine smile. And then one little hack as well, the third part of the trio is is tilting your head to the side. Not really like not putting your ear on your shoulder, right? That's just weird. But it's just a small tilt of your head to the side. And it's fascinating when you move to a asymmetrical angle, like so you move your head so it's not symmetrical looking straight up, there is unconsciously a thing that triggers in human beings that says, hey, they're non-threatening because it's asymmetrical. It's not direct because when your head is straight, if you've always got a straight head (laughs) or neck, you're actually sending a message of, it's like a sense of certainty, which is cool, but it's like if you're sending that all the time, it it actually can trigger off a, a faux signal of, of, I'm an enemy. Like if if you're if you never turn your neck and turn to the side, which is it's kind of like a vulnerable a vulnerable angle. Does that make sense? So it's like you're tilting your head to the side, you're smiling, you're you've got the genuine smile going. You could do the flick of the eyebrows. You're looking into people's eyes for like a second, and and then you look away. But that small little act, you can do that to someone literally in the shops. At the moment, you can't because you're wearing a mask, which by the way, what's fascinating is wearing a mask is sending a faux signal. So you can still do the flick of the eyebrows. I think you can do the genuine smile underneath the mask, but obviously you don't see the mouth. Uh, but a what they found, the research is that a faux, a, a mask, excuse me, a mask is a real faux signal. So, you know, one of the challenges with COVID is not only are we separated physically for safety, but we're also separated from building those friendship signals, which which impacts connection. So, like, that's a whole nother conversation to have. Uh, but I still think that, you know, if you're outside and you don't have to wear a mask and so forth like that, 
um, then you know using this sort of strategy is is really useful. And even if you're wearing a mask, you can use it with your eyes, with your eyebrows, uh, you know, with the flick of the eyebrows, etc. So you can use elements of it, and a genuine smile. People can still sense that underneath a mask. So, so that is the likability trio. So we've covered three tips today. Uh, we started off with the foundation of rapport, which is a state of responsiveness and trust. Uh, then we went into this spectrum of friend and foe. Then we talked about this idea of like, look out for others. Don't try to make friends, look out for friends. That's the first principle. The second principle was be like them, right? Uh, so match and mirror them. We talked about the different elements. And then we talked about the likability trio, which is the flick of the eyebrows, the genuine smile and uh, and the head tilt. And so all of these three tips can be used to improve the speed, quality, and connection that you have with people. In, in It's just phenomenal how, how well this stuff works. And obviously, you have to use it with, with discretion. You have to use it with intentionality. But also, you know, I, I trust that you'll bring a good intention to it because some of this stuff can actually, you know, can can manipulate people like it, it literally works it's kind of like like i said if you're playing chess and you know the strategies you got to have the right intention coming in because this stuff is is potent it's powerful and so uh these are three tips i hope this has been valuable hey if this has been valuable then please leave a please leave a review on the podcast uh and uh, give me a a, a star rating and uh, share it on your Instagrams on, take a snapshot, tag me at Colin Boyd, share it on your Instagram stories. And I'd love to know what's been a big takeaway for you. Or if you found it value and you think, oh, hey, uh, hole, <laughs> what am I saying? Hole, uh, hey, I-, I would love my friends to listen to this. I think this would be really helpful. Uh, then just share it uh, on your stories. Genuinely, genuinely, genuinely appreciate that. Uh, I really don't take this conversation that we get to have whether you're walking in the morning, driving or whatever it is for granted, uh, which is why I always want to bring value to it. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast uh, so that you don't miss a beat. And uh, every single week, I'm going to be bringing you the heat under the expert edge. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Bless you all. Look after yourselves and we'll talk really soon. We'll see you next week. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.